0: I love your loss. it out this morning in the usual way. Jen Dawson. Well, welcome, everyone, to the Robin Walter Show. God bless you today. Got a lot to cover as always. I want to remind everyone just real briefly uh, about Sunday morning with Robin Walter. It is a thirty-minute telecast, not the full hour. I've got there a couple of great programs. I'm going to be traveling next week, so I've pre-recorded a couple of them. Um, and one uh, this this Saturday, which is when they'll go out, it will be good. And next Saturday is compelling. I just. In fact, the one a week for this, a week from this Saturday, which would be what? Um, I guess the twenty third is when that will come out of September. I did the program, and I was tr- not troubled, but I had an a lack of peace in my heart about the program being the right program. And I thought, I don't want to do this over again. I don't want to do it over again. And I decided, okay. If I can't get any peace, I need to do it over again. I did it over again. And my goodness sakes, what the Lord showed me in the course of that program about a deception in the end times. Don't miss it. Sunday morning with Robin Walter. You can email me at RedSkyRadio777 at gmail.com. If you don't get it via email, I can add you to our blast list. Uh, It is heard on KKXX now. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of the timing up in Chico. uh, It is not on the Las Vegas radio station, but you can get it on the podcast by typing in Sunday morning with Robin Walter on your podcast button or go to the website, robinwalder.net, and you can choose from the Robin Walder Show or the Sunday morning programs. So you've got your choice there. Um, Okay, Uh, enough of that. Um, I've got to cover some things that are just really quick breaking here i i try to start with good news and with good news i'll do my best uh i've got one brief little story here on the good news side. beginning today uh in fact it just came out today that mitt romney is not going to run for re-election now this is great news mitt romney is a classic rhino republican in name only and uh, and I understand he has hated Trump even when he was begging Trump to get a job as Secretary of State. He still hated him, didn't like to be seen with him. But now that he has indicated that he's not going to run for re-election, he's going to step down, he's gone into something that's just pathetic and, frankly, immature. And he's going around and just beating the tar out of some of his fellow supporter fellow Republicans because of their support for Donald Trump this is so immature and so pathetic okay so you don't like Trump we get that we get that uh, Mitt, baby however what is up with with hating people who like Trump what where where do you how do you call that any level of maturity? Look, I, I've said in this program before, I don't like Taylor Swift. I just don't. I couldn't pick out her. I don't know any of her music. I couldn't pick a, a song out or her voice out if I were in an elevator, and it was uh, some form of elevator music. I don't know. I have to get into why I don't like her, but I'll tell you what. I don't bash people that like Taylor Swift, right, I'm not a Bruce Springsteen fan. I mean, I like a couple of his songs. I hate his politics. Barbara Streisand, I hate her politics. But I don't hate people who like Barbara Streisand or like Bruce Springsteen. I can't stand The View. The program about turns my stomach. But I don't bash people who like watching The View. I don't. But Mitt Romney, he seems to want to bash everybody who likes somebody he loathes. Hence, my statement that he's not only pathetic, but immature. Yes, he is a rhino. Maybe he needs a rhinoplasty. Well, that's actually a nose job, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I'm going to say this. It has nothing to do with anything else. Mad Magazine, I was 10 years old. I was buying Mad Magazines. My mother didn't like them. Alfred E. Newman, inside the annual issue, there was an annual issue of Mad Magazine, which always included a cardboard record. That's right. It was a cheap little vinyl set on uh, a piece of square cardboard that you could play on your record player. And the only one I ever got, the only one I remembered, I played the guts out of it, was She Got a Nose Job. That was a song. Uh, it wasn't she got a rhinoplasty. Okay, moving along to something uh, far, far more important. I want to make something very clear here at the onset of the program regarding Donald Trump. You have heard me uh, uh, exalting Vivek Ramaswamy. I take nothing back what I said about him. I love the guy. I love what he says. He's so precise, he gets himself in trouble. That's right. When you're that smart, you you are precise, but people don't deal well with precision. They it conf, it confuses them. And, uh, and and as I've said, I he's my first choice if Trump is not the candidate, and if Trump is a candidate, I honestly think he'd be better than Christy Noem or Kerry Lake. But who knows? You know, things time changes things here. But there's something that I want to bring out that I do not see anybody saying. No one. I don't know why nobody has brought this point up. No one wants to talk about it. I understand that Donald Trump is easy to dislike. He's got some mannerisms. He's clearly narcissistic. I wish he'd knock it off and quit talking about himself and how the election was stolen and start looking forward instead of backwards. And that's one of the distinctions between him him and Ramaswamy, actually. But while it's easy to dislike him, I I get that. But somebody who doesn't vote for him solely because they do not like his behavior, consider what that voter is doing. They have put their personal preference or even animosity above the U.S. Constitution, above the U.S. political history, above the U.S. national destiny, which I hope is good, you, you're, you're okay with letting the Constitution be trashed through these political prosecutions, these banana republic imitations, which if it works, it's no longer an imitation. We're a banana republic. You put your dislike of the man over the importance and integrity of, of the U.S. Constitution. If the Democrats win because, uh, you know, they've got this lust for power, that's obvious, their hatred of Donald Trump, their hatred of all things good and American, for that matter, if they do that, then this is what happens. We as a country lose the republic. And Ben Franklin was correct when somebody asked him coming out of the Constitutional Convention uh, what kind of government do we have? And his response was, "Well, we have a republic, if you can keep it." This just may be the year Franklin unwittingly prophesied about. <laughs> it was prophetic? Can you keep it? If you can keep it, because if he does not run, because of a political assassination. And, it's, and that's because some people just don't like the way he acts. Grow up. You shouldn't even be voting. I'm serious. Because if we lose this, reply, we're done. If The people who hate Trump need to support him. Seriously. They need to support him for this country to survive in a form even remotely similar To what our founding fathers imagined, and what you and I have enjoyed and have been blessed by most of our lives. I mean, to identify with Republican ideals, but have uh, an any Republican but Trump attitude is honestly it's the epitome of foolishness, the epitome of ignorance and you've become a material factor in the destruction of this country. We can recover, we really can, through repentance, I might add, from Joe Biden. And anybody who voted for him need to repent. We can recover from Joe Biden's attempts to destroy the country, but we can't and we will not recover from the political assassination of Donald Trump keep in mind they're suing Donald Trump's lawyers they're after anybody who dares to offer any defense of the man this is socialistic slash communazi behavior of your classic banana republic well I spent more time on that than I intended to I can only assume it was because it's that important And to underscore that, you've probably heard this, that that the Biden administration, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, the Biden regime, an administration is one that plays by the rules. A regime does not. It makes up the rules necessary to stay in power and uses any of the useful idiots like George Soros backed, district attorneys to accomplish their end. But Biden regime is demanding that the media, the mainstream media, the legacy media act as his front guard in the impeachment probe. I mean, quoting from uh, WND here, it says, no sooner had House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced an inquiry into whether Joe Biden should be impeached based on evidence that Congress Already has obtained about illegal, uh, about alleged corruption, then the White House has announced that it wanted the legacy media corporations to fight back against the review of the evidence. Notice this the White House is not asking for truth, the White House is demanding that the media. Act as the defense lawyer for Joe Biden, demanding it. And why not? They've been that, that the regime has been giving them orders for years, going back to Barack Hussein Obama. They've been taking orders. I mean, I'll never forget the Juan Williams thing. I've mentioned this before. Juan Williams is on Fox. And he is on the panel there. And the day before, night before, something like that, Barack had called in his media-based sergeant of arms, of which there was an undetermined number, to have a private meeting with the media. Now, the media is supposed to be the fourth arm of, the, of uh, not the government, the fourth arm of the maintenance of the republic to ferret out the truth, to skewer those who've been lying and do the things that legislators can't or won't do. But Brock had this secret parlay with his select core of media hacks, the lemmings like Juan Williams, the ones that not only do they carry Obama's water, they, they volunteer to carry Obama's water and did, that when he got back to the Fox, I remember this program so well. They said, well, what did you talk about? What did the president talk about? Juan Williams said, I can't tell you. It's a secret between us, select media types, and, and Barack Hussein Obama, more affectionately known as B.O. This is where it started, or if it didn't start, it's where it got its boost, in the media simply being the marketing arm of the Democrat Party, and they're demanding that that the media probe the lies. This is interesting, because the media never probed the lies that the Democrats came up with the with the Trump impeachments. They didn't even have an inquiry. All all Kevin McCarthy's doing is having an inquiry as to whether they should have an impeachment. That's an inquiry. No, the Democrats—they just rushed to judgment. They said, "Oh, we got the Russian, or the the Russian collusion with Trump, and blah blah blah, and these other things." They all they did was they said, "This is what happened," with no proof other than the lies from the FBI, the fabricating board of indoctrination, the FBI, also known as "Follow Biden's instructions," the FBI. They didn't have anything. They just went in there and they had a quick vote. Impeachment done. 48 hours. And that was based, their case was based on lies they didn't even want to talk about because if they talked about them and Trump defended himself, they would have been proven to be lies. But they want want the media to defend against the truth. You know, it's just, it's, it's sickening. I mean, if you consider, okay, Biden quote here, Biden lied to the American people about knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings, the $20 million in payments directed to Biden family members, that the family has generated 150 suspicious activity reports from banks, uh, the 5,300 alias emails from Joey Cornpop, I'm your left-wing puppet Biden, the FBI document showing a $10 million bribe to the Bidens and the entire Burisma scandal where Joe's vice president ordered the Ukrainian government to fire a prosecutor looking into the corruption at a company that was paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars. And that's just the start. Just the start of it. So that is... (laughs) That's sort of the one story I'm going to use this week as to why Donald Trump's election is critical to the survival of the United States. Not because he's a savior. He's not. He's not, not even close. We have one savior, Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying is is, is that the process, if the process of lies and political persecution and prosecution is successful, then it's over for this country. It absolutely was, or is, or will be. Okay. I want to move on to uh, a, a look back briefly on 9-11. I didn't do something on last week's program, which was before 9-11. It's one of these times where you know, the the event, it's like Christmas or some, some event where it's day specific and it falls halfway between my, two, my weekly programs. Do I do it uh, early and it might be too early? Do I do it afterwards and maybe it's too late? No, I'm glad I waited because of something that came out that is going to blow you away. You're not going to believe this. Well, you better because it's pretty well documented. But I want to start with a, a, a piece from Star Parker. What a great woman she is. What a great story. And she had an article that says, Falwell, Jerry Falwell, and Robertson, Pat Robertson, were they right about the 9-11 attack? And she says, quote, Evangelist Jerry Falwell Sr. and Pat Robertson discussed what happened on Robertson's television show and cast the event meaning the 9-11 attack, as divine retribution for what they defined as evil occurring inside our country. I remember that well, even though they kind of walked it back and then embarrassed me, even though I was proud of them. They weren't talking about the evil that came into the country through the Islamic attack. They were talking about the evil that's occurring inside of our country. And that it was divine judgment. I And I have said this multiple times on the air. Invariably, when a nation does not get it, they sin and they sin and they sin. Fist to God. Give God the middle finger practically. Pursuing this. In other words, everything we're doing right now. And we're doing it worse now than we've ever done. Worse than prior to nine eleven that when God is long-suffering, but it also says "He His Spirit will not always strive with man. I'm not going to put up with this forever. There is a flood coming someday. Yes, Adam and Gomorrah got w- toasted. There's going to be a judgment on this earth that's going to be pretty nasty. But Robertson and Fall went, went on to say the evil was not the attack. That was the judgment. The evil in the country was abortion, homosexuality, the destruction of our schools teaching what we would call woke—although that term didn't even exist back then. Left-wing courts that abuse and desecrate the word of God. That's what. And 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 George Bush was very open in saying he didn't he didn't agree with those guys. But understand, I wish I had. It. I should have it. But there is a passage. I believe in Isaiah where it talks about the day and it's talking about a judgment upon Israel but the day that the towers fall. Towers, plural, fall. And there's another place in Isaiah which specifically says that when Israel is judged for their sins, the nation that has been given so much just like the U.S., that judgment will come from without God always uses a foreign country or a foreign power to exercise judgment on those who are severely disobeying His word and and should know better, like the U.S. and like Israel did. And it said, and who did it say in in, in Isaiah? It said that it would be a a foreign country. It'd be a person who gives no favor to young or old, man or woman. They hate and will kill everybody. It's a power from afar, the, the tongue of which you do not understand. You don't understand their language. They're ruthless and they're coming, and they're going to judge you and destroy you. Simply as a tool of God. We didn't get it on 9-11. They're absolutely correct. But that's actually just the lead up to the piece that just came out a couple days ago. All right, so the Twin Towers fall. Scripture talks about Twin Towers falling. There's a queer filmmaker who did a film called The Trade Center. We say, well, why is it important that I point out that he's queer? You'll see in just a minute. In this film, and I'm going to just quote this here from... uh, Peter LaBarbera, he said, in the film, which on on the Internet, they can't show it because it's too pornographic, or it is pornographic, and apparently it's very pornographic. You can go see it if you want, but it's not in that website. I didn't. But the man fondly, fondly remembers and reminisces about the secret gay men's orgies that occurred in the Twin Towers. The public restrooms, in the staircases before the World Trade Center was destroyed by the Islamic terrorists on September 11, 2001. He gives an oral history, uh, he gives basically a sex tour of the pre 9 11 World Trade Center complex He said it talked about how the the, the queers would cruise different parts of the World Trade Center. The word trade center itself meant the location for sodomy, where the men would meet to engage in deviant sex acts with other men. The film identifies five different subjects describing and they, and and their memories of the quote meaningful public sex encounters in each orgy location inside the World Trade Center. This I, and, and this film was taxpayer funded, interestingly. But isn't that amazing? That I don't know how you commemorate nine eleven. I know how a lot of people commemorate a time of solemnity and to honor those who were, were killed in the buildings as well as those who died trying to save the people who were ultimately killed and others who were injured. But this is how the homosexuals commemorate 9 11. It was the good old days of sodomizing in various orgy locations that they had set aside and identified throughout the Twin Towers. It was the sodomy location for Manhattan, and a very popular one at that. The good old days. That's what they call it. So you think it's just a quinky dink that when the execution of judgment. In other words, what Star Parker was saying, she was saying, well, you know, we don't really know on any specific act whether it's judgment of God or not. And she is correct. We don't know. I mean, uh, Jesus said about the Tower of Siloam. He said, you know, the Tower of Siloam that fell and killed, uh, 18 men were killed. Do you suppose that they were any worse sinners than anyone else? And Jesus was saying some things like it says in Ecclesiastes. There's some bad things that happen to everybody, and between the just and the unjust, a lot of incur, they incur some of the same experiences. So, but Jesus at the same time makes it clear, or the Holy Spirit makes it clear, that Sodom and Gomorrah was specifically a judgment for sin. I think Katrina in New Orleans specifically was a judgment. For sin, because it hit the day before 125,000 homosexuals were to launch their annual festival of decadence in New Orleans. I can't say positively it was, but I think it was. So Star Parker doesn't reference this other story. This other story came out after hers. She's just pondering the question: Could they have been right? It was divine retribution. And then this story comes out and leads me to conclude that not only was it judgment on the United States, it was specifically a judgment directed at a vicinity which celebrated and was tolerating one of the very sins for which the judgment would be levied. See, only God would know that. And, and be able to, and do that and that's what has come out. Well well, we're headed down the same path the the, the United States now has a travel advisory issued for people it's an LGBTq vYZ travel advisory inside the us about. Um, <laughs> going to states that stand for righteousness and God's word, in at least some form or another that have w- w- awakened and are pushing back against not only the the uh, woke agenda and the tranny agenda, but increasingly the queer agenda, because more people understand that the queer agenda and the tranny agenda are inseparable. Donald Trump separates them, but he's wrong on that. They are inseparable. Well, what is unsafe to go to? It's unsafe to go to states where they're having pride fests and drag queen shows in front of five- and six-year-olds. But they're so worried that homosexuals will be triggered or somehow fear for their life. These states that have passed decent laws aren't threatening anybody's life. The travel advisory should be about the states that encourage the child abuse, that encourage the sodomy. That's what the travel advisory should be about. And another reason we're on the verge of judgment. We'll be right back. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. Crossing the highway late last night. It should have looked left and it should have looked right. They didn't see the station wagon car. The skunk got squashed. There you are. You got your dead skunk in the middle of the road. Dead skunk in the middle of the road. Dead skunk in the middle of the road. Stinking high. Heaven. Okay, why that song and why this day? Because we got a big, bad stink going on in Washington, D.C., and in Georgia. It's stinking to high heaven. But back to the topic of the hand. Okay, so California now has passed the bill that has the potential to strip parents of custody of a child of any age. There's no age limit. It could be down to four or five years old. Take the child away under certain proceedings, if the parents don't affirm the child's supposed gender. So you're already getting a further flavor of why we deserve judgment, right? Now, do you think this bill was close? That this was a hard-fought battle in the California legislature between parental rights, constitutional rights on one side... And left-wing insanity, and frankly, demon possession, if you will, on the other side. Do you think it was close? No. The bill passed the California Assembly, fifty-seven to sixteen. It passed the Senate a couple days ago, thirty to nine. That not even remotely close and they've put it inside the health safety and welfare code which can carry penalties under the California penal code against parents to be able to actually take the child from the parents. I'll tell you, if you're a couple or you're a single mom, single dad, you got a child who's acting out some gender dysphoria 98% Ninety-eight percent of the time, which they come out of by the time they actually do hit puberty, and get into it. If you got a child at that kind of a risk, get out of California. What are you? If you're going to hang around because of the weather and sacrifice your child, maybe you don't deserve the child. I don't know, but I think this is a real conundrum for Gavin Newsom, who, as you know, I predicted in early June would be the Democratic candidate. Won't be Biden. I predicted this three months ago that he will be the candidate, and I predicted on June 21 that he actually would be the president. I'm going for everything I can here with Trump. I don't know why. I think Newsom's going to be the president. But he's got a conundrum here because he supports this bill, and he shot his mouth off about everything stupid and demonic, which is his uh, defining characteristic being the mouthpiece for Satan, as far as I'm concerned. He clearly supports it, clearly wants to sign it. But here's the conundrum. He is clearly running for president. I mean, why does he meet with Kami Harris two or three times a week? For what purpose? To scheme how he ends up as president. She goes to become president, she appoints him as vice president, then she steps down and, and he's president. If they don't go through the election route. Or at least he, that's how he gets to run f- for president, even though he may not w- win the, the votes necessary in the Democratic caucuses and primaries around the country to do so. So he's clearly absolutely running for president. But this is not the kind of political plank that will sell in the majority of the states. He shot his mouth off about how he, he'll do this and that about He likes it, supports it, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that sells well in Sacramento, Sodom, Francisco, L.A., and goodness sakes, obviously about 85% of the state just stinks. Too high, high heaven. But he's got himself in a a bit of a a vice here of sorts. If he doesn't sign it, he'll be seen as a turncoat. If he does sign it, there is a multitude of candidates on the Republican side and states that will just beat the crap out of him over this issue for which he's well-deserving to have the crap beaten out of. So what's my prediction? My prediction here... And it's merely a prediction. That I don't I think it's a good chance he won't sign it. But here's what he will do. I'm not hearing anybody say it, which might mean that I alone if sense this or I alone am an idiot. We'll find out. I don't know. My sense is that he won't sign. He might. He's so full of himself. He might do it, but I don't think he will. And he will nuance a reason to not sign it. So, well, I would sign it. I would, do, uh, But for this one part here, which I just, uh, there's just part of this I don't like. I love the bill. I love the concept. I love the idea. But there's a part of this I just don't really like. <clears throat> Send the sucker back to committees, which will wrap this, uh, take forever because they're coming to the end of their legislative session. The bills have got to be in and signed by the end of October. He will buy time to get past October 30th, or he won't. He won't sign it, but let it become law without his signature. But he'll re- nuance a reason to not sign it, so he could then say that I never signed that bill, the one that would hopefully kill all electoral hope. And if it doesn't. Goodness sakes. All right, if the polls are actually, think of this, if the polls are actually correct, or even close to being correct, that it's Biden 46%, Trump 46%, it's a virtual tie, a statistical tie. What does that, if that's true, what does that tell you about this country and more importantly, about our future? If 46% of the people, support, Joey, no brains, I'm a morally incompetent left-wing puppet, Biden. Goodness, that should be that's the scariest thing of all. And yes, the left doesn't want Joey. They just can't say it. Yet, so I'm going to alert you to some schemes on the left. Do not be deceived. Two of the first four Sunday Morning with Robin Walter are about deception and not being deceived in the end times. Let me give you a piece of deception in play at this very moment. Who out there is actually beginning to make a case for impeachment? Merrick Garland, Attorney General. Merrick Garland. The left-wing hatchet man, the one who has politicized the DOJ, the Department of Justice, and has turned it in to the Department of Injustice? Well, you say, well, well, why, why would Garland do that? Number one, the DOJ has an image issue right now. If he comes out and sort of modestly supports the idea of a consideration of impeachment for Joe Biden, He sorta makes it's desperate, it's lame, it's late, but he sorta makes the DOJ look a tiny bit nonpartisan. But what else does it do? It helps now pave the way and they can say, Look, we're fair we're fair, we're we're balanced, you know, what have you? No. What's gonna happen is That they will then say, we're just doing our job, and we see that there's a case for this. And in so doing, and trying to pull a two for one, reestablish credibility, but two, which is really number one, is pave the way for a transition to Newsom, Governor Greaseball, Gruesome, or some other Democrat. But this is a transition. So when Joey sees that even Merrick Garland is suggesting impeachment, the guy uh, who he's been giving orders to, as Joey gets them from maybe Obama or Alex Soros, who gets them from George Soros, who gets them from Klaus Schwab, or what have you. when that With that going on, does he finally see the handwriting on the wall? Maybe. And he's just a... He is uh, simply a placeholder. Joey Biden is just a placeholder, holding a place on the Democratic ticket until he's told to get off or some event happens where people abandon him and say, look, he's a great president, but he, he has struggling with health things. It's time for him to go. Well, he struggled with health for a long time, mental health, spiritual health. He's been a liar for 45 years and done nothing but had his head in the government trough sucking the lifeblood out of taxpayers. Yeah, he's had mental issues forever. Oh, and just when you thought maybe you could trust your doctor, oh my goodness. The American College of Obstetrics The OBGYN crowd has come out in support of and demands abortion up to birth and without any limitations. Look, the AMA, American Medical, comes out and supports tranny surgeries. American Psychiatric Association supports transvestitism, transgenderism, LGBTQ, this and that. Look, there is hardly a single national medically-related organization that hasn't absolutely turned its profession upside down. I'm not going to get a booster. I don't have the regular shot. Why would I commit suicide at the recommendation of, a, of the, quote, professionals? I mean, doctors get ticked off at me and my wife because we don't, I don't even get the flu vaccine. And guess what? I don't get the flu. I'm believing in God for a healthy body and a healthy life and a healthy wife. But there's just as virtually no medical organization now that has not collapsed and fallen down to worship at the pagan altar of sodomy, abortion, and transsexualism and all of the garbage that is associated with our fascination with all things sexual. Certainly the schools are. They're going down the tank. And yet they just want to bring in this sex program and that sex program. Well, they aren't public. You know know what? I don't think I can say that. I was going to say something I really want to say. I really, really want to say it. But I guess I'm going to hold off. Okay, and this one uh, is probably going to take up the rest of the hour, but it's important. Why does what what goes on in Europe affect us? Why does it threaten Americans in any way, shape, or form? And it's because when we have multinational corporations – And media organizations, obviously things like Facebook and Meta, Google, YouTube, what have you, they're all over the world. But when Europe says you can't do something, you can't say this, you can't say that. You can't say anything bad about uh, Islam or about abortion. Uh, You can't say anything bad about homosexuality or sodomy or all the crap that's going on. Which of which we are probably, not probably, we are actually the worst nation in the world as when it comes to violating God's Word as it relates to sexual sin. We're first. Yeah, you want to cheer, we're number one? We'll try that one on. We're number one in sin. It's become our national, it's become probably our most popular export Well, when Europe says, as they have, they have now passed the Digital Services Act, which just went into effect. And what it says, went into effect on August 25th, it says it will require very large online platforms, and you know what those are, the ones I just listed, to increase content moderation by cracking down on disinformation and other supposedly harmful material and that these large tech companies, compliance with the law in Europe will have the obvious impact of increasing yet further censorship here in the United States. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, because they function on basically one platform. And if they have to, they've got a big audience in Europe. Europe's got a lot of people, a lot of money, a lot of customers for various things. And if the standard, the lowest common denominator is going to prevail here, if they're going to have to change and now monitor alleged disinformation and misinformation, as well as having the EU dictate what is and constitutes misinformation and disinformation, then they are going to fall back to the algorithms that provide and give Europe what it wants so they can stay in business. And there will be the same algorithms here in the United States for the rest of the world. You see, this is sort of how California leaks and oozes evil and slime upon the rest of the United States the same fashion. The biggest high school and college textbook purchaser in the United States is California. California's public school textbooks suck. They're from the pit of hell. They have been awful for 30 years. They were horrible when my kids were in grade school back then, which prompted me to yank them out, homeschool and Christian school. Never looked back. Never looked back on that. Did what was necessary to pay the price, and it was the best investment I ever made, getting them out of California public schools. But this is the deal. California is the biggest textbook publisher in the country. So you've got a gazillion text, crummy, anti-God, Christophobic, Biblophobic textbooks that have now been produced in mass. So guess what? What's the cheapest high school history book Kansas can buy? It's what California is buying. And to save money and to save a lot of money Other states are buying the same crappy textbooks that California uses. And thereby, because of economics, in the smaller states, the smaller states get sucked into this California vortex, which has them purchasing. They could avoid it. They could pay more. And some states do pay more, like Oklahoma, so that they don't have to go down that rat hole. But this is how it gets impacted. It's just the same thing in Europe. If you can control one significant aspect of the flow of money, that flow of money and the control control over that flow will impact the other areas of money flow that heretofore had not been impacted. So look ahead with or without Donald Trump at least initially, look ahead at more censorship in this country. Well, you know, I got just a couple of minutes left here, but I'm, I'm going to finish with a piece that um, not something I've talked about, but I want to give credit to somebody, RFK Jr., for bringing it to not only my attention, but making a public statement about autism. And Obviously, the the medical associations are really against RFK. The Democrats are against them for bringing this up, that there are reasons dealing with vaccinations that lead to autism. I can't prove that. I'm not sure he can prove it. Maybe the evidence is anecdotal, but it's fairly strong anecdotal evidence, if you will, albeit anecdotal, and we just got done talking about why the medical associations that are, der- are deriding RFK can't be trusted because they've all they they're all swinging with a left hook. They're all lost. They all hate the Bible, and they don't. And individual doctors are afraid to challenge them, or they'll lose their license, as in California. So they don't like RFK for that, but I got to give him uh, a shout-out here, so to speak, for bringing this to my attention because what does the autism research tell us? Well, it seems to indicate that it has less to do with genetics, which has been the fallback, genetics I can't explain, and to environmental triggers because it deals with some microbes that are in the colon. Uh, I, don't, I don't get much of the medical stuff here. But what's these microbes in the colon, how are they impacted? They're impacted by, they say, environmental things, but also additives and things that are in our foods now that were not there 25 years ago, like MSG. Why do, why do so many kids have allergies to peanuts? No, they didn't have it when I was a kid. I mean, I got grandchildren that, several of them, allergic to peanuts. Why? Why is there MSG in everything? My wife can't sleep after one little little, tiny bit of MSG. But this is what I want to come to. This article does not mention vaccines, but the vaccines have multiplied, the required vaccines have multiplied for young children. I mean, it's incredible. What do they get now, 15, 16, 17 of them? And the new COVID one, they want to give to children who are six months old and older? I think you give your six-month-old child a COVID shot, you should have the child taken away. I think there's a case for child abuse, child endangerment. That's a crime you... You charge people with if you if you hand over a loaded handgun to a four-year-old, child endangerment. Same thing, as far as I'm concerned. So I think RFK is onto something as it relates to all the vaccines which were not given 25 years ago. Because consider this statistic. This is incontrovertible. This the the Center for Disease Control. The CDC, who we normally can't trust, issued these numbers, which are an indictment that in the year 2000, one in 150 children had autism. So park that number, one in 150 in 2000, 23 years ago. Go back three years to 2020 the numbers went from 1 in 150 to 1 i'm uh, i'm sorry i skipped a couple years here in 2018 it went from 1 in 150 in 2000 to 1 in every 44 children in 2018 and now only 2 years later in 2020 for which the statistics have now just been released. In two years, it has gone from 1 in 44 to 1 in 36. You know, I've talked before about all the ways it seems like the world is trying to kill our children. I didn't even think of this one. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to kill them or whether... is Is this just the Modernas and the Pfizer's? which should be tried for assassinations, for homicides, pushing drugs and vaccines, which, first of all, do they really have the impact that they're supposed to have? And how do they know what the interaction is between 15 different vaccines? We already know, and I'm just going to have to close with this, absolute fact, just released two days ago, that the COVID vaccine, the mRNA vaccine, now has been proven to reduce reduce the immune response to other infections. In other words, the vaccine against COVID has generated a larger, wider scale immune deficiency. So why would you believe the government for anything other than when it has to admit something that it can't avoid. There's only one thing you can trust the Word of God. The Word of God is the only thing that you can trust. Please don't miss Sunday Morning with Robin Walter. We're getting deeper into the biblical side of these topics you don't want to miss. But I'm here to encourage you to sit tall in the saddle, of America. Ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next week.